Let the church say amen. Amen. Let the church say amen again. If God is still good, say amen. Amen. If you're still blessed, say amen. Amen. I have been just enjoying myself at this uh, conference on this weekend. As I told them this morning, I'm kind of double dipping. This is my first time being at the Agape Conference. So I'm an attendee on one side. And then I was speaking, so I had to receive and then I had to work a little bit too. But I've been double dipping and it has been amazing. I'm hats off to uh, Josh and to the team and all the volunteers. Give it up for them. It has been an amazing weekend and I have been filled from all of this, uh, all of the relationships and meeting folk and the accommodations and everything that you all have done for me has just been phenomenal. And I, I'll have to say, you know, since this was my first time, I, I didn't want to come here just doing me. I wanted to be consistent with the conference. I, I don't know what y'all do. So I was, you know, I want to kind of flow with it. So several times I may ask Jonathan or, or I might ask Josh, I'm like, Hey, I, I, am I doing okay? You know, is this what you all were? Oh yeah, yeah. You're doing great, man. It's, it's no, it's not, I'm insecure. It's just, I wanted to kind of make sure I'm flowing. And so last night, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about today. I'm like, well, do we, you know, what do I need to talk about, Jonathan? Like, I've got two or three of them in the bag I could bring out tomorrow. You know, what do I talk about? And, and Jonathan, man, you got it, man. You're good. He said, just talk about, you know, about 30 minutes and then let them go home. <laughs> so, so I'm going to give you about 30 minutes and I'm going to let you go home. Um, We're going to be in Luke chapter number seven today as we consider uh, the text on this morning, Luke chapter number seven. And I want to give you something to to remind you of what we're really about, what we're really supposed to be doing in our work in the kingdom. Luke chapter number seven, I'll read a little bit, beginning at verse number 36. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Give me a minute. Let me set the scene for you. Uh, Pharisees, a Pharisee's having a party. And he decided to invite Jesus. Now, I don't know what kind of party Pharisees would have. It wouldn't look like your parties. It'd be more like a book reading. Uh, you know. But, but uh, it, it was a Pharisee party. You know, they're kind of square. You know, they're kind of... But, but it was a party. And I, again, I don't know what kind of party it is because they don't invite women either. So what kind of party was this? A whole bunch of men in here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but, but, but they're having a party and 
The Pharisees had an adversarial relationship with Jesus. They, they didn't really like him, but they liked to be associated with him. So uh, having Jesus to be at your party would be a, a status symbol for, for this Pharisee. And sometimes when we have Jesus with us, we carry him like a status symbol. Amen, somebody. And so they got Jesus there, but in the middle of the party, the text says, a woman walks in. A woman who's not invited, a woman who the only characteristic we know about her is that she was a sinner. Now, obviously, we all have sins, but if you are identified by your sins, your sins are very public. Everybody knows about him. Who is that woman? The woman who was a sinner. And the way y'all are looking at me now lets me know there's two people, two kinds of people in the church. There are those who think they're perfect, and there are those who lie about being perfect. And I'm going to tell you, both of y'all need Jesus. Now, now... But, but, but this woman is known for her sinful lifestyle, but she was not concerned about that because she heard that Jesus was in town. And when she hears that Jesus is in town, she reaches up on the mantle and grabs this alabaster box. This box, which was an heirloom to the family, it was very expensive and ornate and had inside of it a very expensive oil. It would have been passed down generation to generation and folk would come over to the house and see it and know that even though you might be poor, we got an alabaster box. Are y'all with me? And she brings it for the purposes of anointing Jesus. But watch how she enters in. The text says she comes in and she is bowing down. She, she's bowing and weeping at his feet behind him. That means that she would have crawled behind Jesus' chair. Are y'all still with me? And she's, she's crawling in, but as she's crawling in, remember we had a party with a whole bunch of pharisaical men. Now these men would have done everything they could to avoid this woman. When Pharisee would see a woman come down the street, they would cross to the other side of the street not to be near this woman. I don't know how Pharisees reproduce, by the way, but... But, but that means that if they were in this party and they saw this woman on the ground crawling, they would have stepped around her. They would have avoided getting by her because there's a woman in here. But she knows I'm not invited to this party, but Jesus is in town. Can I share something with you? When Jesus is there, I'm invited. I got a right to be wherever Jesus is. It doesn't matter whether you wanted me here or not. If Jesus is there, I'm supposed to be there. And so she comes in and she don't have much. Uh, as the song said, I, all I have is a hallelujah. I, I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king. Are y'all with me? 
She, she only could give him the best that she had. This alabaster box doesn't just represent her, but it represents generations of her family. It represents all of the past, all of the pain, the strain, the ups and the downs, all of her sins. She knows she's not a good person. She knows that she's messed up. She knows she's got some problems, but all I can give you is my broken heart. And so she cries and she washes Jesus' feet with her tears and breaks open this alabaster box. And the text says that the fragrance fills the room. This praise and worship of hers fills the room. Does your praise fill the room when Jesus is in town? Do you break it all open for Jesus or do you hold back a little bit? Sometimes we want to come in and be so prim and proper with our praise. She wasn't worried about that. She said, I'm going to break it all open for Jesus. She's crying. She's weeping. Y'all leave folk alone when they praising God next to you because you don't know what they've been delivered from. You don't know what they're carrying. You don't know what they're all pouring out before him. You don't have any clue what he's brought them from. And she's, she's washing his feet and she dries his feet with her hair. Y'all don't mess with a woman's hair. Amen. But, but, uh, but, but, but I want you to understand at this time, a woman's hair represented her glory. And so she's matching glory with glory. She said, I'm crying and giving you all I have. Everything is worship and worship unto you because of who you are. And I'm matching and I'm pouring my glory on your glory. But then the church folks show up. Simon said, this man, if he was a prophet, he would know who and what manner of a woman this is. Uh, now, the party is getting ready to shift right here. Jesus says, Simon, I got to talk to you. And it, you can tell the mood changed because Simon said, well, say it. So they done stopped the book reading over here. They done cut the music off. <laughs> Be with me now. And Jesus is there talking to Simon and you've got this woman sitting here and, 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 and things have gotten quiet and they are now the main stage but Jesus is making a point and I don't want you to miss the point. Sometimes we come in worship assembly and we got elbow syndrome and we got a whole message for somebody else but I need you to listen for you right now. This ain't a tap your neighbor kind of sermon. This is for you. He said, now there was a certain creditor that had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, the other owed 50, and when they had nothing with which to pay. Sometimes we think that just because I'm a little bit better than you financially, or I may have a little bit more than you in this area, that that makes me a better person than you. But in the end, both of us have a sin debt. 
None of us are better than the next man. Both of us have nothing with which to save ourselves. Both of us rely on a perfect Savior. Jesus said, now which one would love him more? And Simon said, well, the one who was forgiven more. Jesus said, you got that right. But watch this. I, this, is the, this is the end of the message right here, y'all. Y'all going to get this. Verse number 44. Most of us have missed this in the text. Jesus turns to the woman and says to Simon. Don't miss that. He looks at the woman. I'm so disgusted with you, Simon. I can't even look at you right now. He looks at the woman and says to Simon, watch what he says. Do you see this woman? See, evangelism is real easy until you run into a sinner. We, we love to, amen, go talk about, we love to talk about it. We'll have people to come into our assembly and we'll talk about this. We'll sing about this. But do you see this woman? Have you looked at her? And the reason why they didn't want to look at her is because if I look at you, then I've got to acknowledge you. And if I acknowledge you, then that means that me and you are on the same level and I ain't on your level. And the crazy part about it is there are people that come into our assemblies. They already know it's a whole bunch of judgmental Church of Christ folk in that building. They already know that I, I've messed up and I, I have failed not only me, but I have failed my family like this woman is looking at her life. The only thing I can do is crawl up in here and notice I'm coming in here for Jesus. Yes, preacher, you can exegete the text and you got some good hermeneutics and you can teach that thing, but guess what? They're not here for you. Yes, song leader, worship leader, you got a voice that can get you a recording contract and you do very well. You take us to the next level but guess what they not here for you yes they're here for Jesus she didn't come in here she already knows I'm not invited but I'm here for Jesus and Jesus says do you see this woman now I came in your house and you didn't give me any water but she's been crying, washing my feet. I came in your house and you didn't kiss me, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. What are you saying, Jesus? What are you trying to help us to understand? I'm saying that even in our own self-righteousness, we ain't even worshiping him like that woman is worshiping him. We come in with our own preconceived notion of what it ought to be. And this woman brings to God what God really wants. God liked your song, but he don't really want your song. He likes your sacrifice. He don't really want. He really wants a broken heart. And this woman came heartbroken, giving him all he had. And Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, Still talking to Simon while looking at the woman. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. 
for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same ones love little. What's Jesus teaching here? When I see myself is that all that God had to do was pour a teaspoon of grace on me because I was almost all the way there. I'm going to look at God like that. I'm going to look at other people like that. I'm going to look like at least I didn't do what they have done. I'm thankful to God that I wasn't them. But at the end of the day, I was in debt and they were in debt and neither one of us had anything to pay. And so Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. But I love what he does at the end. And to those that sat at the table with him, they began to say to themselves, who is this that forgives sins? Jesus didn't even respond to them. What I love about that, that Jesus is teaching us, I ain't even got to respond to haters. I ain't even got to respond to folk that don't understand my relationship with Jesus. I ain't even got to respond to folk that don't understand my praise and worship to him. I don't even have to respond to them because Jesus didn't respond to them. He just responds to her. Your faith. Your faith. And see, this is the thing. We've got to quit. We got to quit being in our own zone when people who are hurting in our community are here to see Jesus and you might be the glimpse of Jesus that they might see. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let me give you a few pieces and the lesson is yours. Sometimes when we hear sermons like this or we, hear, or we read a text like this, our natural inclination is to put ourselves in the hero's seat. But, but, but you're, not, you're not Jesus in this story. Amen. Most of the time, you like that Pharisee. You like to wear Jesus like a bracelet. You like to have a Bible open in your house. You like to have the, the church t-shirt on to make it look like you carry Jesus. But are you really with Jesus? Amen, somebody. We use Jesus as an accessory, but he is not the center of our life. The Pharisees, I want him in my house, but do you want him in your home? I want him by me, but do you want him in you? Amen, somebody. But then sometimes we are that woman who is burdened down with sin. And, and I'm going to tell you, what, what the younger generation is, is looking at with us, older generation folk, they're looking at our hypocrisy. See, we used to talk about it and sing about it on Sunday and come back home Monday. and They saw that growing up and they don't want the fake Jesus that we're talking about. They want the real Jesus. But what they're afraid of is that their sins and their mess ups and hurts and hang ups will keep them from coming in this building because of how we're going to look at them. We call ourselves having a worship party with Jesus. But do you see this woman? Do you see this person? Not for what they've messed up and how they've messed up, but for who they are. Do you see them in their humanity? I challenge you when you get ready to go back home to your local congregations that you don't get back and do worship the way you've always done worship. That you don't get back and do church the way you've always done church. You need to start seeing that person in your assembly. 
that one that is hurting and ashamed and don't know how to do all the church stuff that you do, but what they do bring to Jesus is exactly what he wants, and that's a broken heart. Do you see this woman? I beckon you to do that. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for being our Father who looked beyond our faults and saw us at our very need. You saw us when we got it wrong. You saw us on our worst day. You saw us in our worst condition. But you didn't let that keep you from reaching out to us. Help us to have the same spirit when those who come around us who may not know how and who may be in the worst levels of their life, help us to reach out to them. To those of us who have been covered in grace and realize we've been covered in grace, we tend to show grace to those who need covering. Help us, Father, to see those people in our midst who are hurting. Help us to see them and to love them. Help even us to understand how we are to really worship Jesus. That we will be willing to break open the alabaster box and pour out all of it for Jesus. Spare no expense because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the savior of our soul. Lord, help us to be mindful of that person, not just that we see, but even the person within us that we know we don't always get it right. Oh, for grace. Help us when we get back to to not be in our same spaces, in our same circles, in our same cliques, because we're going to hit the same note. But help us to harmonize, to bring in different voices that come from different experiences, different hurts and pains that produce the note that you want to hear, God. And all those voices together make a beautiful song, a sweet-smelling savor to you. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly Abundantly above all we ask or think, unto him who's able to keep us from falling. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, and every heart said.